play the fight song. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Play the Fight Song podcast, the college football place to be. We are in an action-packed studio tonight. We have a lot to cover. We have some big hirings, not as many firings anymore. We're, we're through the sad time of the year. We've had some people leave for new jobs. That's the important part. Transfer portal still open, rolling through a lot of big names entering the portal and some big names leaving the portal to big places. So let's talk to the boys first. They're all here tonight. What a blessing that is. Let's go to JP, who seems to be itching for America's pastime. JP, how are we doing tonight? College baseball just around the corner. I am. Uh, I'm having a rough Tuesday. I won't even lie. Uh, I have to go to the chiropractor no, tomorrow Jordan. morning. I feel old, like old. I don't we know. Are what old. Are old. We are old, but like it's you're older than us. We're old. Yeah. Like it's, gotten to the point like throughout the day it's gotten worse and worse and it's not like my whole back is just one spot on it so i think it's a mixture of bad posture and like how i've been sleeping but rough like low back upper back it's like uh on my left side like below the scap above like where your kidney would be like all that is like locked up and i don't know why it has to be posture it has to be how i'm sleeping shout out acon it hurts it's not great reese you're raising your hand you 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 got this figured out how many how many times a week we working out jordan I've been awful at it, so none. Well, see, but that doesn't gotta, mean my gotta, back pain you, is gonna you, go. If you stay active, you're gonna have less pain. I promise. Reese, you. Brother, we gotta I, work. We gotta work. It's gonna help. It's it's gonna Reese, help. I, I am glad. I am. I'm help. glad you it's gonna help, said I that. I promise you. It's gonna help. I promise you. I'm just saying, like it's too late to say that now. Like I'm already having the pain. You're so, gonna like, hurt. Going yes, it's hurting now. But I'm saying. Go to the chiropractor, get adjusted, and then let's get back into an active lifestyle. It's gonna just gonna help out, prevent. Hey, I'm I'm active. It's just not active in the gym. You know, I'm active, actively active. not in the gym. I don't want to be active on Fortnite with the boys. Get our heart rate up. <laughs> I I, my heart rate was up. I don't know. The other day, like, there's a couple moments in those games where I was like, you know, wait, like, wait, we, we, we can we get into get, this. You still get sweaty hands when you play Fort, dude. We can get into this. Yeah. Hands are 26 years old. Your new career, not to be named, is it like you're at desk? eight to five or eight to four, eight to three, like a normal nine to five job every day, the new gig. Uh, there is a lot of sitting just in different, different ways, whether I'm sitting in a car or sitting at a desk at a chair or sitting in a chair at a desk or whatever it may be oh, yeah. wait for phone calls. But I, I mean, I, I stretch a lot and I, and I, I do work out. See, stretching every stretching day is and... something I should do like for like, cause I have like naturally tight legs. Like I need to yep. do some, my, oh, I wake up man. with tight hips, but like I've and also yes, I got a new mattress for Christmas and it's been phenomenal. So Ooh. see, that's a hell of a Christmas gift right there. That is a great yeah. gift. Like, uh, does it is it adjustable? Is it memory foam? What are we talking? No, it's like here. It's like a it's like a memory foam one. It's like is it like, like two hundred fifty bucks or something? Two hundred fifty pretty... bucks for a new mattress? Where did you steal it from? The fucking Goodwill, Home Depot, Home Depot online. <laughs> You would have thought Jeez, you I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, you you wouldn't have thought to go uh, on Home Depot to get that, no. would you? Yeah. No. I almost spit out my my drink. That's a good point, JP. Did this thing come from like Morningside used or what? It's sitting on the street corner next to it the mailbox. Never went to for sailor swap. It was two dollars yeah. fifty cents, two fifty, not two hundred and fifty. 
and he just well, with the guy. We'll know. Orders. He's got some stains on there. We'll know when, when Jake's a little grumpy the next couple of weeks because he's sleeping on a rock for two hundred dollars. <laughs> then we know where the grumpiness comes from. Reese is also here. Reese, how is the weather up there? It's terrible in the Midwest, way way up north. What are you getting? You got a lot of snow? Uh, it's starting to snow a lot. We haven't had that lake effect snow warning yet, which I don't know if you guys. I think I've explained to you before. But if back home you don't know what a lake effect snow warning is, it means it's going to snow feet, not inches of snow. Um, we're right on Lake Ontario up here. Like snowstorm happened last year. We had six feet in 48 hours. We haven't had one of those happen yet. But we've been getting inches. Six and there feet? Are, that's so impressive. Yeah, that's six so feet in 48 hours. You remember you remember the video of like the, the Bills players leaving like the parking yeah, lot or whatever after oh, yeah. they flew to Chicago or something like that? Yeah, they came back. The guy had like four feet of snow on top of his cart. Yeah, that that was that was us. Um, but it's starting to snow more and more up here. Also, JB, your back could be hurting. I think, but have you been shoveling snow? Because people this time of year, if you're gonna no. shovel snow. Do a little warm up, okay? This is where you're gonna throw your back on. You're gonna hurt yourself. Do a little warm. Snow. No, I'm I'm they're better. Gonna, they're taking their heat. shoveler there. That's great advice. Like, okay, I'm I just live saying, in a complex. People, so they take people, care of it. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, good. People people are throwing their back out this time of year. Okay, stretch before you got that shovel. Give yourself a little warm up. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Gonna go to a Syracuse basketball game next week. Shave, how about that? Hey, who are they play? NC State coming to town. Twenty seven. Right. That's a good Apparently, battle. Dave Dave Doran does not think uh, NC State is a basketball school. I mean, don't it don't hasn't bring been that up for a while. Him. No, don't bring that up to him. Absolutely not. All right, let's jump back to college football. Uh, we just talked a little bit of college baseball. It's right around the corner, a month away today. As we are recording this, college basketball in full swing had some big upsets. Let's jump to the most important part and the reason you are here, and that is college football will begin with the coaching carousel. Obviously, we're going to lead it off with the biggest hiring so far. Two big games get two big schools, go to two big schools. Kalen DeBoer, Washington's head coach, just coached in the national championship, led the Huskies to a 14-1 and season, getting defeated in the national title by Michigan, is the new head coach at Alabama. He will replace Nick Saban. Let's talk about this a little bit. Shafe, what do you take away from it? Do you like it? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I've seen a lot of indifferent opinions on it, I think. Everyone with these drastic opinions, I think, are just taking too much from it. Like, I, yeah, I mean, the guy knows how to win wherever he's gone. I don't think it's a bad hire. Um, was it my favorite choice? No, uh, but only because of the recruiting side. I mean, but I think he's a guy who does more with less anyways. Now, I don't think that'll be an issue at Alabama. I think he's always going to have more. I'm interested to see kind of like, was this Nick Saban's was this his choice? You know, because I know he he had something to do with the hiring process. I'm just I'm curious to see how involved Nick Saban is going forward, and whether that be the next five years or whatever it may be. Um, is it too much for DeBoer? Like, is Saban too involved? That's more curious to me because whoever was going to walk through that door, they had huge shoes to fill, anyways. Um, I, I like it for DeBoer. He's he's kind of older. He's kind of getting towards the end of his career he's probably got 10 15 years left coaching i guess depending on how long you want to stay take a shot why not i'm sure he's going to get well compensated for it a hundred percent i agree with those i think you know when i took a look at it it hurts as your washington fan because can you really call them a stepping stone program i think he made it very clear he said it's the only job or one of the only jobs he probably would have left for but the money, the name, the conference, JP, what all do you think went into this decision and do you like it? I think a lot of the 
decision was made kind of like what you were just alluding to like when you have a program of that stature built by a guy of Nick Saban's stature and the resources they have at a program at a size he's never been to right like is Washington a stepping stone program no but in this situation it kind of was right like if it was another place that wanted him it's not a stepping stone but everything's a stepping stone when you fill in shoes like this uh is the hire right i don't know i don't know i'm not saying it's bad hire i'm not saying it's great hire i'm saying i'm not 100 sure on how to go now what we've seen in the last 24 hours is him make legitimate hires to support him and staff and these aren't just guys coming from washington these aren't guys coming from uh, other power five programs he hasn't coached with before. These are guys that were, have been in head roles at well-established P5 programs, made them name for themselves. And they're not only just coming and taking offensive defensive coordinator jobs. These are taking staff positions. Like these guys are coming in and taking positions that South Alabama's head coach came down. Uh, Buffalo's coach has come down. They're probably going to bring grub. I know that's kind of contradictory to what I just said, but it's the point that the guy is building the program first on how he wants it to be and what he expects this job and how challenging he expects it to be. Right. So is the hire going to be right? I don't know. If you're an Alabama fan, uh, you could complain that you didn't get uh Sark or you didn't get Lanning or you didn't get all this stuff. My question is, is ever any hire directly after a retirement of Nick Saban going to hit the spot and perfectly tickle everybody's fancy? No. Right. Like it's just, it's not one that's going to, uh, be a home run hire where you're just exploding and the fan base is just pumped on beyond belief. I I think it is one of those situations where you kind of have to just take it for what it is, see how he operates. Um, if you're giving me an over under three and a half years, I've seen on random Twitter feeds, like people just arguing over nothing at this point, I'd go over. Like, I think the guy has the resources. I think he's been in spots and like a winner is a winner. No, like the guy's won everywhere. Uh, Fresno State, he's won to Washington, won to Sioux Falls. He was winning when they were at Indiana a little bit as an offensive coordinator. Like the guys won games and you can't teach how to win games. If a guy can win, he can't like it, it, it's going to be a lot of how do these players who came from the goat portray him? Are they going to look at the board differently? Are they going to look at him like he's a faker? Are they going to look at him like he's just there to make his name and not make them better and make this program better? Right. So it's a lot of perception right now on how people are going to, you know, listen to him. And I think he did a great job in his introductory press conference. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, go listen all the way through to that. Uh, it's nice to listen to the guy speak on exactly what happened. And you can tell he's banged up about the Washington stuff. I saw people shitting on him about how he handled it and what he said. He said a lot without saying really anything. And it's like, I mean, it wasn't for you and I and random people on Twitter to see, you No, know? like that's for the players. And I think anytime a coach leaves after they players have been told, you know, we're, I'm not going anywhere. Like, this is what I'm just one building. And then they leave. It's like, what do you expect? Right? Like, could you imagine it's everyday life? Like the guy got an opportunity of a lifetime. He's taken advantage of it. The same as these kids that picked Washington felt they were getting. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, especially with the established programs in the conference, the established coaches in the conference, but he also has an opportunity to stay towards the top end of it um, with how well the program was uh, positioned when he got there. Love it. Let's go down to Reese on this. Reese, I'm going to ask you this. Fast forward five years in the future. We're looking back on this hire. Where do you see it as it stands right now? Do you think it's going to be successful? He's going to continue what Alabama has been doing? Or do you think it's going to take somewhat of a down spiral or just be non-existent within the conference? 
I mean, they're still going to be successful. It still it still has that name of Alabama because of Nick Saban. Um, the big thing I think that's going to tell for him in the next four or five years, whatever it is, is how is he going to do in the portal and how is he going to do recruiting? Because with Saban leaving, I think other schools in that program just get elevated just a little bit. I mean, Florida name Florida becomes a little more um, interesting for some kids. Missouri's up there now. Auburn, Hugh Freeze, that guy knows how to recruit. Other schools kind of get elevated. So what is he going to be able to do to um, get his guys recruiting, transfer portal stuff, and keep the keep the coaches around as well? Um, I think it's like JP just hit all the points. Like the, the dude has won where he can. Um, I think he's got like 12 losses and over 100 wins. That's an established coach who knows what he's doing. The guy knows how to win. And now he's got all the resources of the University of Alabama. It'd be it'd be pretty impressive if that guy went there and wasn't successful. Are they going to hold the Nick Saban standard of going to national titles every other year, every three years, something like that? That's up that's up to be determined and see what they're going to be like. But I would think with a guy like him, they're going to be and with the playoff expanding like it is, like they're going to be in the conversation every year. There's no way that Alabama is going to fall off a cliff and turn into like a uh, eight and four or a nine and three team um, anytime soon. I think there's still going to be a, a 10 or 11 win team um, going forward. That's a good that's point, a, Reese. Like that's a very good point. The 12 team playoff makes this much yeah, easier. Yeah. You come in at the right time, right? Like you come in at a time where nine and three in the sec probably gets you in a 12 teamer and that's mm-hmm. nine and three with probably top level talent, right? You probably uh, slip up a couple conference games, but you've beaten really good teams too. Maybe lost some games where you weren't the favorite, um, maybe that helps, but again, what does the expectation become in the 12 team playoff arrow that we don't know for any program? Like we don't know how any fan base is going to handle that. Jake, closing thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Go. I was going to say, I'm just interested to see the development of Jalen Milrow, uh, with, with him. Like he kind of, you can ask JP this. He kind of revitalized Michael Penick's career. JP was, I always love to give you shit. You were always a guy who wasn't very high on, on Penix coming out of Indiana um, and really turned him into one of the best passers in college football. Now, I don't think Milrose got that intangible like Penix did as far as throwing the ball is concerned. Yeah, one of these guys I, has raw talent, and the other one not in the air at all. I, I know, but I think that he's just such a good play caller, and his scheme is so good, and I think him and Grubb have a chance to really develop something, which also makes me question, like, what's what's the dynamic between if they're saying it's true with Grubb coming in and Tommy Reese is like the co-offensive coordinator. Like who kind of takes over play? Like DeBoer's always an offensive guy oh, in general. Grub takes like, over. Grub takes over. I I don't doubt that. I mean, they just kind of elevated the guy. So didn't they name him like co-head coach? They named what do they name him? Assistant head coach or something like that. And I don't know. They gave him a promotion, basically. So the dynamic between those three all calling plays next year is, is really interesting. But I think it's it's a good – if I'm Jalen Milrow, I'm not going anywhere, and I don't think he, he is at all. So I'm interested for that. Let's change the page. Let's go to the school that just got rid of Kalen DeBoer or was left empty-handed, if you will. Jed Fish, Arizona's head coach who built that program to be a very good Pac-12 team. They're obviously leaving, joining a new conference as well. Jed Fish heads to Washington. He will take over that program. Their AD actually flew down to Arizona. I'm sure you really had to pull his leg to get him out of Washington to go to Arizona to make that signing. But they sign it in his house. Jed Fish will take over the Washington Huskies. What do we think on this one, JP? Um, This one I'm not 100% sure on. Like This one I really don't know. Um, I could see it being good. I could see it being great. But the one thing about Jed Fish that I 
definitely thought why Arizona was such a good fit, right? Is that Arizona has low expectations with their football program. I think they almost openly admitted that they were not willing to work at the numbers that uh, Fish was wanting yeah. uh, for extension. But at a program like Arizona, you can build something under your own culture, um, under your own expectations, and kind of go through this with like the underdog mentality, right? At Washington, moving into the Big Ten, your underdog mentality might work, but you know what doesn't is the ability to win, to beat all these teams. You can't. You got to beat a Penn State and Ohio State, a Michigan, a USC, a Oregon, uh, Wisconsin when they're tough, right? Like Illinois, given certain years where they've been nasty, uh, Michigan State when they're up. Like there's legitimate programs within this conference that perennially like are we really gonna sit and say washington's way better than them as a program probably not like i don't think you can and here's my other thing with this hire i I think the guys that made him successful want to stay at arizona and delora transferred uh to texas state i'm pretty sure fafita wants to stay in tucson uh with mcmillan and and that's i think that's a coaching connection that um that fish didn't bring with him the receiver so like are we seeing arizona be nasty on the recruiting trail no not really uh are, are we seeing them be nasty in the portal they've had some hits don't get me wrong they've lost some members but where where do you see this going like how much do you have in the cabinet when you get there initially and how long does it take to grow a program uh that lost a head coach like the boar it, it could be a long time and, and fish is a good guy like i he really built a good defense this year. He had good quarterback play, too deep, I would say. You know, Dolores struggled early in the year, but he was really good last year. I think he was all Pac-12 um, freshman of the year. But it's how, how do we build this now? Like, I just want to see how he goes about it is basically where I'm going with this is I don't know how it'll work out. Could be good. Could be all right. Could be bad. I'm not sure. What is your leeway, Washington, with a new coach and a new conference and a new era of the playoff? What's Like, what, what are you thinking as fans? That's where I'm at on this. Like, up or down, I'm right in the middle. I think we have to take into account, I think we've seen in the past when these coaches go to new spots, we get, you know, a couple of, most of the players following them. I think we have to take into account the variable changes when it comes to NIL. Does Washington have as good as a collective as Arizona? Is Fafita going to be as big as a name in Washington trying to fill Michael Penix's shoes as what he established for himself in Tucson? God knows. So I think there's more factors now for these kids to look at rather than just following a coach mm-hmm. when they almost have a better salary now down where yeah. they're at. So and that's another thing. I think this is also different because I think I, I think Arizona was a stepping stone for fish. I don't think DeBoer went to Washington with a legitimate plan to jump ship to another program. And I'm not saying Jed Fish was like, oh, I'll take this job in Tucson. We'll build it up a little bit and we'll leave. I'm not saying that. I'm saying most people that end up at Arizona get offered from other spots and take those jobs. So that's, that's another thing to look at that. There was an interesting hire. Cause you also have to look at it. The fact of, is he going to fit into a big 10 conference rather mm-hmm. than a PAC 12 conference to me, Jed fish. We knew he fit in the PAC 12. Did his offense, did his defensive play style fit into a big 10 scheme? God knows Reese. What did you take away from it? Do you like fish to the Huskies? I think it makes, I mean, if you're him, it makes sense. Obviously leaving the the big 12 out of the big 10, obviously it makes sense more money, more resources, but how's he going to recruit out West? You know, when you're going to play Michigan state, Iowa and different schools like that, or be like, how's he, how's he going to be able to recruit out there? And like JP said, 
yeah, there's a little bit more um, expectations when you're there because you got to go play Iowa. You got to go play Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, even Illinois, those schools you just mentioned, compared to going and playing Arizona State or um, Cal, Stanford, who's down right now. Like there's just there's a difference right there. Like that's that's uh what's he gonna be able to do adjustment wise come along with that? Cause JB has mentioned like the cabinet is empty there. Like all those dudes are gone and he ain't bringing a whole lot with him. So it might take him a year or two to kind of get the pieces together. But if he can do what he was able to do in Arizona, then yeah, the guy's gonna be successful. And like I mentioned before the board, 12 team playoff, there's no reason they can't kind of be around if they can become successful in the Big Ten too. So I like that. Adding on to that point, you're also competing now in conference with those West Coast kids with bigger brand USC mm-hmm. and bigger brand UCLA, or maybe not bigger brand, but bigger names, deeper collectives, more of a hot spot to to go your about your four years. I mean, look at Caleb Williams apartment for Christ's sake. So that is also another challenge. Closing thoughts on this one, Jake. I just don't know if I love it. I don't know if I love the hire. I'm curious to see deep down was there like an underlying conversation with the ad like hey if if you get this if you if you come here i'm talking about washington if you come here does is coming with you right like was that like kind of the conversation because from like what me and jp have said from what we've seen i'm not so sure he's leaving and i don't know if washington's a better football team than arizona right now if that's the case i a guy who kind of took the cupboard when he was bare at Arizona and has improved every year. And I think the injury of Jaden Delora kind of lucked him out. Like everybody know, remembers like he had Delora as the starter heading into week one. I'm not sure if that team wins more than maybe even seven games with Delora. Remember they lost at Mississippi state. Like mm-hmm. it was, a. am not saying his whole career's luck. Cause I do think he's got a nice defensive scheme. Like you guys have mentioned, but on the other side as well, I think that he's, he's, jumping ship if he does succeed at least a little bit at Washington. He's a guy who's from Florida, um, and Florida is a, a team that I think will probably be looking for a new coach here in the next year or two. So I don't think this is a DeBoer instance. I think he's going to try to le- elevate his coaching status, especially just being this is his second school in his head coaching career. So I don't know if I, I really – I don't really love this pick. To, or If you're, if you're asking honest, me like where it ranks – like for Pac-12 coaches and their new jobs, it's below Jonathan Stewart going to Michigan State. It's yep. below DeBoer going to Alabama. Um, doesn't so, doesn't uh, doesn't Arizona have a better chance at the playoff than Washington next year? I mean, wouldn't you say that? If people stay in place and they make the right hire, I think you could keep them. Because I, I, if everything stayed the same, and let's just say Fish didn't leave and they had the same team going into next year into the Big 12, I had them in the top three within that conference. Now I'm not sure. Uh, I need to see the hire. I need to see who stays, who goes, um, what's implemented. Because you got to remember they lost their defensive coordinator as well, hired away. So Fish doesn't get him to Washington. He's not at Arizona still. Um, And so what does this Arizona team now look like? Because we've seen Arizona teams that are more pro style than Nick Foles era. We've seen Arizona teams that are high flying. And then we kind of saw this balanced uh, complimentary, good defense, a solid passing game with a very good running back Arizona this past couple of years. So, like, what next? What's next? What brand are we playing? I like it. Okay. Are we ready to flip the page? We went over the coaching changes. Those are the big ones. We're going to see more names. Let's flip the page to the transfer portal. Let's go with the big names that jumped in. Obviously, with those co- big coaching changes that we just touched on, there are big names now in this portal. Let's just go down the list, and we'll go back, ask 
a couple of questions on the bigger names from the list or where do you think they'll end up? Start with Amari, Amari Nyblack, the tight end from Bama. He hits the portal, probably the best tight end or one of the better tight ends we've ever seen in the transfer portal in its short lifespan. Jonah Coleman, a running back from Arizona, who we just talked about a few times with the transfer of Jed Fish to Washington. He's in the portal. We'll see if he joins him up there. Sean Murphy, linebacker from Bama. There's a lot of Bama, a lot of Washington on this list. Just a disclosure before we go. And then the number one defensive back from that Washington Husky team, Jabbar Muhammad. He's in the portal. We'll see where he ends up. Back and quarterback Will Rogers from the Washington Huskies in the portal. We'll see where he ends up. I do not know if it will be a lateral move for him or maybe a downgrade considering of where that school just was, but we will break that one down. Asa Turner, safety from Washington, very good player in the portal. And then Des Ricks, a cornerback from Bama. Lots of big names. What's the biggest from the list that jumped out at you and where do you think they'll end up? Let's go to Shafe first. Yeah, I first of all, I have no idea. I haven't even seen, and most of these guys keep their offers pretty quiet. If I had a hunch, Amari Nyblack's a Florida kid. Um, he's from the state of Florida. Uh, Florida State's picked up five guys from Alabama already. That would not surprise me if Mike Norvell goes after him and or Billy Napier goes after him because Florida offered him out of high school. I haven't looked a ton into Will Rogers, and obviously I think that's – isn't that one probably on the minds of everybody here? Like – where's he going to go now? And I'm trying to think on the top of my head of like these air raid styles that would probably fit him best. Does he try to stay power five again? I would imagine. So I think he's good enough. Um, so I, maybe, maybe fish tries to convince him to stay. I don't know the connection there. I don't know the relationship, but if he's not going to get Vita, do something to get him to stay or come back. That's my opinion. JP. Yeah, for me, this one, uh, if we're jumping off the page with names, it was Amari Nyblack the moment that happened, um, mostly because he's a sophomore. He's got two years of eligibility within him. Uh, you saw how good he was for Alabama in certain situations. The kid is not your prototypical tight end that maybe we see in the Big Ten or the Big 12 in certain offenses or even the SEC, like, a G like the guys we've seen there. Um, he can play the slot. He has the ability to be that athletic, and then he has the ability to be more in the tight end role. Like he's not as thick, not as muscly as you've seen from like a Brock Bowers or a Michael Mayer or uh, any of the Iowa tight ends, or even pieces from that have come from Wisconsin and other places. Um, but he is the most athletic tight end I've seen in a long time. Uh, so I that'll be interesting to see how that all goes. Another one that was just like. I, I think is an immediate splash is Jabbar Muhammad. Like the kid was elite at Wash or Oregon. Oh my God. Oklahoma state Washington. transferred to Washington. All of them. Uh, yeah, he's good. He's good everywhere. Uh, he's good. At Oklahoma state transfers to Washington immediately good on a defense that really needed elite back end talent. And he, one guy's not enough to sure up a secondary in that conference or even uh, versus other teams that they played throughout the year, but he's an immediate splash anywhere he goes. Um, I, Crystal balls are starting to trickle in places like Jonah Coleman already has crystal ball to Washington. I think uh, Des Ricks has a crystal ball to AM for some places. So these guys are taking visits and they're high end names. But ha have you seen, like, I feel like this year more than others, we've had uh, defensive backs, whether they're safeties or corners, elite names, not just names entering. Like last year, LSU took a lot of names. Uh, we've seen a lot of names from this position group go into the portal. I've seen a lot of elite names go in this year. And they're landing all over the place. Like nobody's getting rich 
specifically. Like they're kind of landed all over. So uh, I I would definitely say Nye Black and Mohammed were the two big ones for me. The collectives, man. We, everything comes full circle when we talk about transfer portal. We talk about recruiting. When those collectives got deep pockets, you're going to see those big names jump in. Like, let's say Jedfish doesn't leave Arizona. I think Jonah Coleman, that's a name you might have saw pop in there to go play football at Ohio State, get paid $200,000, and just be a bowling bowl in the Big Ten. That's kind of the situation that I see. I thought that was the biggest name for me. If he goes to Washington and follows his coach, great. Do I think he has an opportunity to make some more money in a bigger school? Yes, to make a better impact. I really liked what I saw from him this year. Reese, who do you got? Yeah, JB took my. I mean, I like Jabbar Muhammad. I like Asa Turner as well. I think you're getting two um, veterans in the, out of the uh, defensive backfield for Washington. Those are two big names. They, you get some experience too. I mean, Jabbar had DJU's number. If we remember that game at the beginning of the year, had two picks off him. So that's a guy who's seen some uh, very good quarterback play. If that guy's going to be an SEC guy, I don't think it'd be the craziest thing in the world if um, one of those defenses that struggled can go and poach a guy like that. I think he'd be very good. And then Asa Turner, what's he going to do too? I think he can be um, some big some Big 12, Big 10 guy, can go get him and see what he can do for that defense as well. Okay, let's move on to commitments from the transfer portal. Big names landing big places. Let's start from probably the furthest back name that we mentioned. He jumped in very early in this transfer portal season, Evan Stewart. Evan Stewart from Texas A&M, the highly touted five-star receiver from the Aggies. He lands at Oregon. He will be an outside weapon for Dylan Gabriel, Dan Lanning, and the Ducks. What a piece this is for them. JP, as a Big Ten team, fan of a Big Ten team, with this team rolling into the Big Ten, doesn't make me feel great that they keep adding all these great weapons. What are you thinking? No, I agree. Like, um, It it is something to pay attention to with how they uh, use Dylan Gabriel within this offense. Like, how much more of a facilitator can he be? Like Oklahoma, he just kind of had to make some plays, but he had a lot of talent around him. Now he's going to Oregon, and he has more and more of the riches, right? And they haven't been bad in the trenches either on either side. So I think they fit into the Big Ten mold well. When you're looking at Oregon right now, I think it's all about two or three years from now. How are they going to look in two or three years? Not next year in 2024, but 25, 26, 27 in that span. How does it look? And I think if you start landing blue chippers like this and they hit once they get on camp campus, that does a lot for recruiting out there. And you know they have unlimited money. They got Nike money out there. Uh, it's not going to dry up anytime soon. I'm pretty sure that well is pretty darn deep. And so what I just want to see this program years down the road. If Landing's that committed to this program and if people are starting to choose Oregon over A&M's, over Florida State's, over Georgia's, over these other places, I think uh, the Big Ten's going to have to be paying attention to it. Now, I'm not saying they're going to come in to run the Big Ten because I do think that there are programs established enough. Um, but in four or five years, you could sit and say maybe they're not as on favorite to win a conference. I think that is 100% fair, especially with their man at the helm. Let's jump to Schaefer on this one. I'm going to name two names. It's a team that is a former Big 12 team, now SEC team in Texas. They add both Isaiah Bond from Bama you may have remembered that name from being the hero in the Iron Bowl this year with the great catch in the corner of the end zone. He will land at Texas along with Silas Bolden, Oregon State's best receiver from this year. He will also land at Texas. Two massive weapons for Quinn Ewers. Thank God they're not in the Big 12 anymore, Jake. But what did you take from that one? Yeah, I mean, a pretty good start for them to replace what I'm assuming is Xavier Worthy. And A.D. Mitchell's a junior. Um, I haven't seen much on whether or not he can come back or not. 
uh, and Jordan Whittington's gone. So you at least mm-hmm. pl- replaced two or three of your top pass catchers. Uh, I think Isaiah Bond's a guy who kind of reminds me of like, and I mentioned it in my TikTok, like he's one of them smaller receivers that's just really quick. I think of like uh, even a Devontae Smith, if that's a decent enough comparison out of Alabama. Uh, he kind of reminds me there. Um, and then Silas Bolden on the other end is just a guy that kind of reminds me. He's more of in the camp of A.D. Mitchell, kind of a guy who was a number two or three option for his team. And I think Sark can elevate his game to be one of the best pass catchers uh, in the SEC now. So really good get. I trust Steve Sarkeesian with wide receiver talent more than any co- active coach in college football right now. It looks like Texas is trying to make a splash their first year in the conference, and they have the pieces to do so. Reese, I'll go to you on the last one we have on the list. Two weeks ago, we thought we were done with him. We thought we were done talking about him. He's one of our favorites from talking throughout the year. Cam Ward. Cam Ward, who had declared for the NFL draft. Brett Favre style says, wait a second. Ah, he loves college. So he's going back, which is why I'm going to Reese. He will play at the University of Miami. What did you take away from Cam Ward going back to NCAA football and playing for the Hurricanes? I I think it makes more sense for him to play one more year than I think go to the NFL. I mean, looking at this draft class right now, like there's a lot of really good quarterbacks and he didn't really have the best way to end the year. If the draft would have ended after like week five or six, he could have had the spark to be a a first round pick, but he just didn't play that well at the end of the year. So I think one more year under his belt can help out. And if you're going to go play at the University of Miami and get paid a lot of money to go do it, more power to you, man. I, I think it's a better option for him. See what we can do to get that stock up. Cause I mean, the draft class next year, um, I think there's like two or three names up there that could maybe compete for him, but I think he's just got a better shot to earn himself more money. If he plays one more year down there. Love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wrapping up with the question for the gang, I'm going to go to JP for the answer. Let me ask you this. We talked about old miss. They're on fire. They're picking up all these big names with all these names that we just got from the top, top teams in college football. Wherever they land, does somebody have the right place to maybe take over what Old Miss established early in the portal season? I think there's programs to that could do it. This late in the cycle, I don't see. I, th- I think you can really put yourself in a top five situation if you're ranking uh, portal classes based upon uh, player rankings and player ratings uh, rather than just the number of guys you grab and their stars next to their name in the portal. But no, I don't. That is way too good of a class, way too deep of a class. Uh, they're talented as all a get out, um, and it's all over the ball. I mean, it's on both sides. It's in the trenches. It's on the edges. It's in the backfield. It's just too much. That that class is really, really good. And I think, I think for the most part, they're done. But I think they do have a like pretty big plans to have a couple more big visits. Understood. I got to mention Ole Miss when we're talking about the transfer portal because they killed it. Now let's move to the user-submitted questions. We put a questionnaire out there. JP launched it on Instagram, launched it on Facebook. We wanted to hear from you to see what you wanted us to talk about starting the offseason. We will get to our schedule as soon as possible on what we plan to do. Let's talk about your questions. First, we have a longtime friend of the pod, great listener, good person. Jory submitted a question and asked, what is the co- who is the coach and what program would you play for right now? I'll set the stage for you. You're a four-star recruit. You get offers from 90% of the Power 5 schools. You can pick and choose. NIL is out of the conversation. Looking more at the coach and the culture of the program, where do you see yourself fit and what you like? JP first. Oh, shoot. I mean, this one. This one's tough uh, for a lot of reasons because it kind of takes you back to when you were younger and you kind of grew up and you're like, oh, I always had a dream school. I always wanted to play there. I always wanted to do oh, yeah. that, right? Oh, yeah. Um, 
for me, if I was looking at a program right now from the outside in, I really liked, I like landing. I do. I, I was not an Oregon kid though. Right. Like I'm putting my bias aside. Obviously if I like had a choice, it'd be the university of Iowa. And I do that whole shebang, but like, I like landing. I think I like what he's building. I like Sark too. So Sark's going to be my an- answer. Uh, what Texas is doing down there. Uh, the, his ability to develop and keep a team together and then continue to recruit and fill in the pieces they need uh, has been great. Uh, you haven't heard a lot of like early years, you heard problems with their culture and things. And I think that got fixed quick. Uh, brought the right guys in on staff, brought the right guys in uh, through the portal recruiting. Uh, so I think Sark would be my answer in the University of Texas. Well, let's move on. Uh, let's go to Jake. Jake, what school are you landing at? You got all the offers in the world. You got to pick one. Who are you narrowing it down to? Well, I think I think we've had this question before. Or we've talked about this, and I I think it kind of also depends. Like, what position do you play? Too, at least when I'm thinking. Whatever about you played it. in high school. That's what Just I thought. That. So Just I that, yeah. I went I went receiver. I was like, okay, I I don't necessarily love him, but I think a lot of his players and his guys love playing for him. And he sets up his receivers really well. Ryan Day at Ohio State, like mm-hmm. he's gonna get me open and he's going to make me a an NFL caliber receiver at any level. Like he's that good of a play caller. Um, I would say 95% of the time he's also going to bring a really good quarterback in with him. So as of right now, that's who I trust. And it's not a bad program to play for either. I know they're psychotic of a fan base, but they're like a blue. Who isn't blue, nowadays? they're a real blue blood like and i don't know they're one of the best programs in the country year after year so all right i'm gonna need an option one b on that jake i'm gonna call you on it because what happens when ryan day loses his job at the end of the next season (laughs) where you transfer (laughs) um i'm just uh i would just go wide receiver you i'm just a hometown kid i gotta play for matt campbell always been a dream to play for coach (laughs) campbell so (laughs) <laughs> that, that's a fair answer all right well reese we'll go to you where are you landing you're uh what did you play in high school did you were you receiver i was i was right. wide out what do you mean i was second team all district dude. what are you talking about wide out that's slander had, over here before. <laughs> all right where are you going reese? shape was the x shape was open because i i did some deeks for him um if i was gonna pick one i think jp's spot on with dan landing i mean i think when that guy talks to his dudes he gets them fired up that sounds like a guy that i'd want to run through a wall for and he's just aggressive we talked about the mistakes he made during that washington game but he is consistently aggressive is the thing i like about him he's never second guessing himself he's always he's he knows what his scheme is and he's going to trust his guys to go ahead and make those plays he had bo nicks for him the dude loved him bo nicks run through a wall for him and he had so many weapons around him like the younger kid me would love lsu to be my answer but i just don't think brian kelly would like seems like a fun guy to go play for i'm not gonna lie he keeps getting all these players but he doesn't sound like a guy that's like Rah rah, like Dan Landing would be for me. So my answer would be Oregon, because I think Landing is just a a hard nosed dude. He reminds me of just like a, a Dan Campbell for college right now. Is what he reminds me of. All right, I'll round it out. I played quarterback the last time I played competitive tackle football. That was the last position I played. So I'm thinking as a quarterback where I'd want to go. I'm going to tell you this right now. I put a lot of thought into this. I'm going out to Southern California. I'm playing in the Big Ten. For Lincoln Riley, it doesn't matter if I win seven games or 11 games. There's 25 fans in there. There's no pressure on my back. 
I know we said we're not taking into account a collective, but I'm going to make a shitload of money as a starting quarterback at USC. Yeah. And it's just, there's just no pressure there. I don't hate Lincoln Riley and his play calling. I think obviously he has his faults. He's not loyal to his program, which Lanning is. That was also on my list, but I'm going to Southern Cal and who cares if I'm good or not, because I'm going to make money live in the sun and uh, not have too much pressure on me. So no, I'm not getting any quarterback at USC. I'm not getting any death threats. You're going to throw for 4,000 yards and live in L.A. I mean, it, there could be worse things. Right? And yeah. that's a personal choice right there. That's less of a business decision. <laughs> Isaiah Bond, shout out Isaiah Bond. Okay, let's move to the next question. Um, does Bama become irrelevant in the SEC without Nick Saban? This one came from Taylor Casey. Shout out, Taylor. Does Bama become irrelevant? Shout out, Taylor. We'll to, yeah, shout out, Taylor. We'll go to Jake on this. Does Bama become irrelevant? Irrelevant is a it's a I love the question, but it's a strong word. Uh great word. I think I think more so like the pot is just evenly distributed now. And I think it even was a couple of years ago. Like you've seen you've seen Saban have success and still like a college football playoff contender, but it hasn't been as dominant as it was before 2000 and, and even tw- 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think irrelevant. What does irrelevant mean? You, I was going to say, the are question. you saying is eight and four irrelevant? But in the, to be in happen. the SEC, in the SEC means you are not fighting for a berth in Atlanta. You're like, Mississippi, you're like Mississippi State, Arkansas yeah, right so now. That, so and, you're getting jumped by Oklahoma, Texas, LSU, Georgia. Uh, heck, even maybe Florida Ole makes Miss. a run at it one year. Yeah, Ole Miss. Like that's, that's who's beating you out for even consideration. The vocabulary is very important because are we talking – it's kind of like when you talk about small towns versus big towns. Are we talking on Alabama terms where you're ca- talking a dynasty becoming irrelevant? To me, Vanderbilt is irrelevant. Yeah. No, they're not going to become Vanderbilt. Absolutely not. Go ahead, Jake. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, no, like when you you just said it, um, if they're not competing for college football playoffs spots every year, May, I mean, is, there's a possibility. I, like, there's mm-hmm. a possibility if that's what you consider irrelevant to the Alabama fan base. I definitely think there's a yeah. there's an idea there that DeBoer might throw it there. But I think, like we've talked about before, he's a winner. I don't think it'll happen. But I'm not throwing it out either because maybe they just won't be able to recruit as well as Nick Saban did. Fair enough, Jake. I'm sorry. JP, up to you. Jake just gave us <laughs> no, I, again. I agree. I agree. I'll keep mine short. I agree. I don't think they'll become irrelevant. Uh, I think – for a while here, they'll be still battling for SEC title appearances. I think they'll forever, or not forever, but even longer be fighting for a chance to get into the 12-team playoff. So that's where I am with them. Not irrelevant. I, I don't see it yet. Three resounding absolutely nots. Reese. Yeah, I'm going to go with absolutely not as well, too. Like I just mentioned before when we were talking about DeBoer, just other schools, I think, kind of get elevated a little bit just because – Alabama was so high. Now they just come down a little bit. Other schools become mm-hmm. elevated a little bit more. It's just what are they able to do recruiting wise? Like LSU, Ole Miss, Florida, like other schools in that area. And now because even Auburn with Hugh Freeze, like other schools become a little more relevant and have a little more weight behind their name. I feel like now. Rounding it out four absolutely nots. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about a absolute, I'll say it shit storm is how are Bama fans going to react if this team does roll out and go seven and five or eight and four? It's immediate head calls. I think so too. I mean, you are stepping in to the absolute biggest fire. We're we're talking about a fan base that poisoned trees and had it had a program and 
uh, a basketball team that had murder tri- trials on it. So, like, this is not where you go in and go eight and four after the goat. All right, like this is bad. I would be roll tide Willie. About nothing but the tide. Yep, roll tide Willie would have you on an absolute stick if that happened. Okay, let's go to the last question. This one's a little bit more lighthearted. Shout out, Geef. Shout out to Geef. We, <laughs> we have Geef? to include it. We're all dog people here, maybe except for Schaefer. He doesn't like him as much as we do. But best dog breed, this is a very, I feel like it could be swayed towards your childhood dog because we all had him. But best dog breed, we'll go down to Reese first. He's a big dog guy. I mean, the the best question ever, Giefer. Thank you for this. I had to write down like 15 (laughs) of them, and I had a process of elimination. almost made a bracket like 1 through 16, like March Madness. Um, But, I mean, it's obviously – it's going to – gonna hold weight it's it was your childhood pet man it's it's a labrador retriever it's the, the most friendly dog in the world they can never do it they can do stuff wrong but that doesn't mean they're still wrong they're still perfect animals on this planet even when they poop they eat their own poop my buddy russell um other dog maddox growing up the two best dogs in the entire world okay you, you they're never wrong they they shed a lot and they stay a little bit because they run around outside the farm but you don't talk about a perfect family dog that just you can have a you can be nine years old, you can be nine months old. You're gonna have fun with that dog. So give me a goal, give me a Labrador retriever. And they sing. Shout out Russ. And they uh, sing, up, Russ sings. Up up the JP. JP, what dog breed do you got? Uh I'm gonna go with one I've never had before. I've always wanted a red husky. Like, you know, I kind of the red brown color. A Siberian husky, a red one. I think that is just a badass breed, badass looking dog. Husky's got I, I personalities, man. There's a little sass yeah. in the husky breed. I could have gone corgi because I had corgis growing up. My mom's obsessed with corgis, and they're hilarious, and they got massive personalities. But I'm going with the one that's still, you know, that'd be the best dog to have, I think. Sorry, Not a cheap boy. dog either. Yeah. No. Cowboy. Cheapy's dog, dog in the back. Me. Suffering. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's hurt. All right, Jake. The non, non-big non dog guy. I won't say you hate dogs. You're not Colin. Shout out, Colin. Uh, but Jake, who you got? You got to pick a dog breed. Who you who you buying? I was gonna say, shout out to Colin. My favorite dog breeds the one that stays outside. <laughs> yeah, we have a college roommate for Colin. all folks at home that uh, believes the dogs do not belong in the house. He not a very old not child. a single one. How did I forget about how did I forget about Bailey Boo? JK, shout out your dog. Your dog was awesome. Yes, shout out Bailey Boo. Uh, but Colin, be better. Jake, pick a pick a breed. Husky is a good one. I've always, I've always definitely wanted a Husky, but um, I don't know. I'm going to go just chalk here and shout out to my, my main boy, Sully. I think golden, golden retrievers are, just, yeah. I don't know. That's they're, such a they're just ass mood. That's it is such a kiss such ass a kiss move. But he, move. I oh mean, they're the, God. they're the, hold on. They're the cutest puppies in the world. If you train them right, they're pretty damn smart. And I wouldn't say their personalities are like above like top tier dogs, but Shoot, you've been in the well dog made. house lately? Like you, you're well trying to get dogs. back into the room, you could sleep on your own bed again. Like, what's going on? Of course, Jordan, you go sorry, to sorry. <laughs> I like my dog. God forbid. <laughs> I like the shit. I like the pick. It, it's very basic, about the most basic choice you can make for dogs, but that's a good one. And I'll round it out with I'm going childhood dog as well. I was absolutely head over heels in love with my ab- my only brother, best Calvin. friend Calvin. The Chesapeake Calvin. Bay Retriever, non-allergenic dog. So all you people at home, you're like, ah, I'm allergic to dogs. I hate them. You don't hate them. Uh, get a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Right yes, you got to get – you. they shed like crazy. That would be my one no-go on them. Uh, what do you got, Reese? Say, JB, what did you, my headphones cut out? What was your pick? Was it Cowboy? Was it a, like a Border Collie? Or whatever? No, we no, picked, I a, picked red a, husky. a Husky. A Red like Husky? A red, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. dude, they're so cool okay. looking. 
That's good topic. But that, that would be, be my first choice. Second choice, mm. I'm a huge bulldog guy. French, American, doesn't French matter. French or English. Love <laughs> I, I love them. French, American, American, doesn't matter. All of them. Dude, All you get them. just get a little fat one, name him Gus or Frank. Dude, that's your best friend ever. You got to do nothing. Yeah, I had a corgi name, Gus. They just waddle around. They're always tired, down to hang out, watch a movie. Good dogs. Elite dogs. Shave, like shave, honorable, awesome. shave, honorable mention is a, is a Jack Russell, man. I can't believe Jack you didn't go with him. Jack Russells are so much fun. They're so much he fun. Is, They're not a fun dog. All right, let's I change the page that. back to college football before we get all sappy. We could talk about dogs all day. <laughs> let's go to the main topic for tonight. Schaefer is the one who provided us with this, so I'll let him break it down. Schaefer, what are we looking at? We're going to grade some teams. Tell us the scale and how it's going to work, and then tell us the teams. Yeah, we're going to be uh, teachers for the night, and we're going to grade these teams based on their their season. Did they pass? Did they fail? Or did they ace the test? So, I mean, pretty self-explanatory. We're going to we handpicked like – I'm counting eight teams here. Not we got like nine or ten teams here. Um, some might be short, just based on it was pretty blunt whether they did well or not this year. Some of them might be just different expectations. We'll break it down a little bit. But when we go through each team, did they fail this season? Did they go below expectations? Did they pass? Was it good enough? Maybe they were short one win of of their win total, or just one win over their win total, or did they ace it? Did they just maybe they made a playoff run? Maybe they won four more games than they were expected to. Maybe they had a winning season and they weren't expected to. So let's start off with the first one and I'll let, uh, I'll let somebody else take it, but we'll go Ohio state here. I think this is a really good one to start off with, by the way. It could be argued. I'll start it and then I'll go down the list. I'm sure because you put it together, but I'll start it. I'm going to say Ohio state passed. I don't think they aced it. I think acing it in Ohio State terms when you come to their expectations is beating Michigan, making the college football playoff. But with the hatred they had for Kyle McCord and the, I don't want to say failures they had on offense, but the downturn from what the offensive output was for that school, I'm going to say they passed the season because you reach 11 wins, you get to a good bowl game, you shit the bed due to opt-outs, but you were in the game against Michigan. You were not far off from being as good as a Michigan team was. But in their eyes, they probably would say fail. I, I think it's they would be safe for you to say Ohio State mm-hmm. fans would say it was a failure every year, but I'm going to give them a pass. I think it was a successful year that I would easily take as a fan. Oh, I would say I would say fail. I mean, it's it's Ohio State. They they had the expectations they have for a reason. I mean, I know I picked them at the beginning of the year to win it all, which is just my expectation for them. But it's also when you have that defense that they had this year, like that's a once every 10 years defense for that team. Um, Cause we're known for them being the going to score 30, 40 points a game when you had Justin Fields, CJ Stroud, and you had all those weapons this year. They had, they had Kyle McCord. If they would have had, um, you know, uh, Justin Fields or CJ or something like that, then the team probably looks a little bit different, but that defense was so, so good this year. And I think they just kind of wasted on that, that if, if not only that, they didn't even, they lost to Michigan, which is their biggest no-no. Then they lost in a bowl game. They didn't even score a touchdown in that bowl game. That was 14-3. to Granted, they didn't have their starting quarterback, and they had to go to their third stringer because even um, what's-his-name got hurt. Uh, but I, I think Ohio State for this year, for, in their eyes, it's a fail. JP. I, I, I kind of lean past because I think you we, – we knew the question was the offense and who was going to play quarterback. We also knew the other big question was how much better does this defense get and how much more do they buy into it? And you've passed with flying colors and aced that side of the football. 
Like, was McCord the answer? No. Like, but if you didn't give the kid a shot, you never would have found out and gotten to yourself in a situation where you could take a quarterback out of the portal or build somebody else up. So I'm going to say pass. It, guys, a pass can be a B minus or a B. Like, I'm not saying they're sitting at a, like a B plus, A minus range. I, I think they're more B minus B, but I do think they pass. Like, it, you got to win that game at the end of the year and you got to win uh, the Big Ten title and you got to make the playoff. But I think it's a pass for the situation and the cards they were given. I gotta, I love that JP because you beat Notre Dame on the road, you beat Penn State, you have two big wins in your schedule, and you fall six points short on the road to the national champion. It's it's a hard press for a fail on me. But Chafe, what do you got round this one out? Yeah, I think all of your answers are great, but I'm just gonna put on the Ohio State fan cap here, and I think for them it was a fail. Uh, for me, I think pass would have been beat Michigan losing the semifinal. And I think ace would have been a national title appearance or winning the national title. I think, especially after we look back and watch what Michigan did and how they won the national title, like this team was built to beat Michigan. That's what they talk mm-hmm. about all off season and Ryan day couldn't get it done again. It's crazy to think that 11 and one's a fail, but it was a fail. And then what you put out in the bowl game was even worse. And I know Lincoln Keenholz probably looked like a a junior in high school out there, but you had enough pieces in that bowl game to where, damn, I thought maybe you could score one touchdown. And it just really put a, put an eyesore on the quarterback issue that they had all season long. So for me, it's a fail. There it is. Two and two split on the first team. Let's go to the second one. Second one on our list is Dan Lanning's Ducks and Oregon. We'll go to Reese first on this one. Reese, you have the Oregon Ducks failing, passing, or did they ace this test? I give them a pass. Um, failing would be really hard for them, I think, just because they they haven't been like the Georgia or Alabama where their expectation is a national championship. They had expectations this year. Um, but you fell short in the two two biggest games of your year. But you, everybody else that was relevant, you took care of them, and um, all that with Bo Nix, and you had your successful coach, your uh, successful coach and Dan Landing. It's a pass for them just because of how well they looked, and that defense was very solid for them as well too. It wasn't just like it was just an offensive power; it was also defense. It wasn't just the one side that that they've been in the past, like when they had Brian Kelly and, and so on and so forth. But to give them a fail, I think, is really hard. I'll, I'd give them a pass. Ace would obviously be a national title um, or if they could get in the playoff, but I, they, they get a pass. Shay. Yeah, this is uh, – I'll give it an ace because this was a fringe playoff team. This was kind of where they were. They lost to the same team twice. That team happened to make the national championship. Uh, and for me – you won a New Year's Six Bowl, and you exceeded your win total. I think the win total was set at nine and a half, and they got to 11. So for me, I think it's an ace. They exceeded my expectations. Um, Parks, I know maybe it's a pass to you because you had them in the playoff. I didn't, but that team was kind of where I thought it would be. They got an A for me. I think they aced it. Okay. Uh, I will go next since you mentioned me. I'm going to give Oregon – this may be crazy. We're going to have three different levels here. I'm going to say they failed because you may say, you know, Oregon, they, they took steps this year. They got better on defense. But when you have that second opportunity, the first one comes against Washington. You fall just short on the road. Tough fought game. You get a second opportunity. Hey, if you win, you're in. You've seen this team before. You know they're going to come at you with. You're prepared for it. You went through your schedule and did all you were supposed to do. 
from even above what you were supposed to do. You beat Texas Tech on the road, and then you fall again. They say it's hard to beat a team twice, unless it's against Oregon. And I think they, that their fan base was as angry at losing to Washington the second year. They were the biggest Michigan fans in the world when it came to the national championship. I'm going to say in their eyes and in their fandom, and to me, when you lose that second game to Washington in the Pac-12 title, when you have everything on the line to make it where you expected that team to be, you failed. So we have three different levels, JP. Who are you going to tag along with? No, it's a pass for me, but it's the same reasons you said they're failing. You got to get them once. Uh, I think you had to beat Washington once. I think that that's kind of where this season came down to. And then they go and play the worst G5 we've seen in a long time, make a uh, a bowl game out of that caliber and just pound them so they don't get challenged there. But I, I think it's a pass because you had the season win total over. You still played for a Pac-12 title, but it's not an ace because you didn't win that game. And it's certainly not a – I don't – I learned lean closer to – like an ace than I do a fail, but I, I'm going just pass. You got to beat them once. I think they had to get Washington once for this to be a successful season in that regard. There it is. Two pass, one ace, one fail for the Oregon Ducks. That'll be a split decision. That's going to be a graphic. Let's jump to the next team. The newly coached by Kalen DeBoer, Alabama Crimson Tide, make to the college football playoff, lose in the Rose Bowl to Michigan. We'll lead this one off going back to JP. JP, you got to pass. Fail or ace the Crimson Tide in 2023? I haven't been very, uh, like, like I, my, I've been passed three times in a row. I'm going to go pass again. And this is a pass because this is a team that has expectations to win national titles every year. But this isn't an, this would be an ace if they had a quarterback ready to go and then maybe they lose in the semifinal. But we can't forget how poor they looked at the beginning of the year. Uh, it's an incredible job out of Sabian. Like, this is one of his best coaching jobs ever is what he did with this team. But it's only a pass for me uh, because I just don't see that team as – like acing that to me is they get really good at offense and they kind of fix every problem. They never really did. They kind of just waited uh, to hit a couple home runs uh, and play great defense. And sometimes they won games and sometimes they didn't. I think it's a pass. Uh, but I could go – I could listen to aces here because an SEC title, 11-1, and one, even through all that adversity is a a massive deal jake that's, go down to you that's, yeah that's what i was gonna ask are we basing the expectations from august or are we basing the expectations from the use the usf game because if you would have told me where that team would have ended up after that usf game i would have said that they aced it uh but going into the season i know a lot of college football media personalities had alabama winning it all so that might be even a fail in some of their eyes uh for me I'll just stick it in the middle then. I'll go pass. But I thought after the USF game, I mean, that they aced it because I thought no way that team was making the college football mm -hmm. playoff for me. So it kind of just depends where you look at it. We'll meet in the middle. I'll just say they pass. Great coaching job by Saban. I'm going to play middle ground here and be the different opinion. And I'm going to say they aced it. From the team that they had, from the weapons they lost, you're looking at the number one overall pick. Bryce Young, he goes to the Panthers. You have to replace a quarterback of that caliber. Oh, and he's following Tua and Mac Jones, also starters in the NFL. Jalen Monroe had big fills to, shoes to fill. I don't think he has the talent that those guys did. I think they really did get the most out of him towards the end of the year for what he is, and he's not your typical Alabama talent caliber quarterback in my eyes. I think to end up where they did, where it came down to the last play, they could have beaten the national champion with that team. 
compared to the rest of the teams that they won national champions with and made the college football playoff, I thought it was, JP, you hit the nail on the head again. Nick Saban's best coaching job, maybe of his career, to get him to that point. So I'm going to say with the team that they had, they aced this one, Reese. Yeah, I, I lean ace too, just because you guys keep mentioning where they were at too. But it's also like you lost to Texas at home week two. Like it's hard to have an ace of a season, I think, if you're going to lose at home to a, to a big game like that. I would just give them a pass. Like you guys keep mentioning the expectations they have at the beginning of the year. Yeah, is obviously different. It's Alabama. You're expected to win national titles. Um, so you didn't get there in that aspect, but they had the fighting shot at the end. You go play for a Rose Bowl, um, but they fall short. So you just get a pass for me. Yeah, and another thing I got to add on quickly, you beat Georgia. You beat the back-to-back national yeah, title. Beat, yeah, The talent that 29, you had. 29 straight. Yeah, I mean, that's a big deal, man. That was a master powerhouse going that it didn't seem like it was ever going to end with how much they were just rolling and just deleting teams throughout their entire easy schedule. But that's a huge win to give them that ace for me. Let's go to the next team, Miami. Let's go to the Hurricanes. They obviously lost a couple of big pieces, but... Where do you see the Miami Hurricanes? I mean, they obviously had a step up, maybe, I guess, from what they were. They were supposed to bounce back this year. They were one of our choices for back bounce-back teams of the year. Let's go to Schaefer first. Schaefer, where do you grade the Hurricanes on this schedule? Yeah, I think they they might call Cam Ward God because the dark cloud was over, I feel like, Hard Rock Stadium at least a week or two ago. Um, and for that... I'm going to give this team a fail and I would hear some other things out. I might be a little critical of them, but I mean, their win total, I think was set at like seven and a half. What seven and a half. They finished seven six, seven and six, finished, I guess too. They finished seven and six mm-hmm. and God, they just looked out physical in that, in that Rutgers game. They just didn't look like they want to be there. Now I know it's not a bowl games. Don't necessarily means so much but you have the debacle of the georgia tech game you lose to florida state again i just don't see the improvement and and maybe i need to take a harder look at a younger recruiting class and them going into next year and maybe cam ward can turn some things around but other than them picking up cam ward last week i really thought this team was doomed for another six or seven win season with poffenberger so it's a fail for me it's a fail for me too. I'll be short and sweet with it. I I I don't think you can go seven and five, uh, lose to Rutgers in a bowl game and call it a pass situation. Like Cristobal, you've been there for a couple of years. This is a weak ACC. We should win more than seven games in it. Um, you didn't get a better version of Van Dyke after the first two weeks, so I, I think it's a fail. I that's not to say they don't have a future in front of them that they can compete and win the ACC, but right. That's a, I don't think that was the year that they really needed and were expecting. So fail for me. I'm going to hold both your hands. It's a failing season. I, this one hits close to home because you're a perennial powerhouse, the blue blood of the sport. You have endless pockets. You have everything you need to, to be appealing to recruits city wise. I mean, maybe besides fandom, but you're not recruiting at a high level. You're not competing for ACC championships when teams like Clemson are down. That's a big red flag. This is a fail. They lost games that they shouldn't have to Georgia Tech in the last seconds because of pure coaching decisions. That's an absolute fail for me. Reese, are you rounding this out with four fails? Yeah, I was about to just say, do you not remember what happened against Georgia Tech where she just took a knee and could have won the ball game? Um, and they lost that and then. 
oh, and you lose to Rutgers, who like if you're gonna say Rutgers is gonna go play in Miami, Miami just sounds like a team that's gonna win that ball game, and Rutgers handled them. So yeah, I it's it's hard to say they're they're a pass just because they just didn't look like a Miami team that they, they should be. So yeah, they get a fill for me. I like it. Okay, that's fair enough when it comes to the Hurricanes. I think their fan base is as lost as somebody who was just down there um, for a work event. I was in an Uber, their Uber driver. He is checked out, man. He said it's the worst thing ever to go to the games. Nobody <laughs> gives a shit about that program anymore. So Alejandro, you would also agree with us. Hope you're listening. Okay, let's move to the next team. Texas Tech, a team riddled with a big-time injury middle of the year a team that we were all high on in the preseason, thought they could compete in this Big 12. Let's go back to Reese first. What do you got on the Red Raiders? Pass, fail, or ace? I mean, I was, I was, I had hand up. I had them as in the Big 12 championship at the end of the year, so I had big expectations for them. But then when you lose your quarterback, you lose Tyler Shuck, it's really hard to come back from that. So I think they at least get a pass because of what they were able to do with, with, with losing him. To say they failed, I mean, you're going to lose – that's like if you're going to lose Bo Nix, you're going to go lose um, Cam Ward or DJU or whoever. The hell. You're going to lose your main guy. How can you salvage a season? They were still able to have a winning season at the end of the year. They went 7-6. and six. Um, A couple bad losses sprinkled in there, but they were also competitive with an Oregon team at the beginning of the year. They only lost by 8, and they had that game at home too. So they were competitive at the beginning of the year, and they had a shot to do it, and then you lose your big guy. So they, they get a pass for me. JP? This is a low pass for me. Like This is like C range. C minus um, ish. Yeah. C's um, degrees, baby. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you're in your second year and you're uh, within this rebuild in Texas Tech, I just don't think you can lose at Wyoming and then to BYU. It, it's just like games you shouldn't lose, you lost. But then if you take out the first two weeks where they went to Laramie and then they uh, lost to Oregon, that's two of their losses. Those are the first two weeks of the year, right? So, if they get that BYU game, I'm probably a little bit higher on them. Uh, they did get it right and win a bowl game, but a pass. I, I just think this one needs a little bit more time to simmer. It's just a, it's a pass. That's all I got to say on that one. For me, if I look at – it's kind of a middle-of-the-year play too, Jake, where if you look at them week six on, were they successful versus what we expected them to be, were they? I think it's a different answer, and I, I got to say overall, after looking back at the teams and how they – maybe lost the game or who they lost to and what they we thought they were going to be looking back losing by almost three scores to Kansas State is that's an okay loss you're defending Big 12 champion was Kansas State Kansas State this year is that as credible is that a credibility loss to Texas Tech as much I'm gonna say fail I expected more from this team they had more weapons than Tyler Chuck that's the only massive name that I can think would have made that big of a difference is it a three or four win difference I don't think so. So I'm going to give them this team a fail. I thought I expected more from the Red Raiders this year. Round us out, Jake. Yeah, I think this is like a this is like a B minus B pass for me for a couple of reasons. I mean, they were down to their third string quarterback at one point in the season. I thought Baron Morton was a really good backup to step in and kind of put some duct tape on this team and get them through the finish line. Tajay Brooks was like a top five rusher in college football. Um they were a dark horse for us, or for, at least for me and Reese, like we mentioned. So that's a little disappointing, and their schedule was really weird. Like you said, Parks, they lost games they shouldn't have, and they won games maybe they shouldn't have either. But to get to 7-6, and six, and they beat Cal in their bowl game handily, I think it was a good uh, win for them to go into next year with a great recruiting class that they have. So they get a pass for me. It's a team that will look much, much different next year, which we are excited to break down come August. Let's go to the next one, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Sooners. 
man, this is a weird one. What a great team to have on this list. Let's go back to Jake first. Jake, what do you got on Oklahoma? Uh, we're going to start moving along with these last few um, just because of the time constraints. But Jake, who you got on Oklahoma? What grade are you giving them? It's you beat Texas, but it's got to be it's a fail for me. I mean, you're just losing game. You can't can't lose at Kansas. Can't lose at Oklahoma State. You were a college football playoff contender after that Texas game, and it was yours to lose, and you lost it. Um, I just don't see the physicality there with Oklahoma anymore like years past, and I'm worried about them going to the SEC. It's a fail. I'm going to take it second. I love it. I think you just hit the nail on the head. You have to build a lot of confidence going into the SEC. To go compete in the Southeastern Conference and you're going to lose at Kansas? Wait until you play at Mississippi State for your downgrade team of the year. That's your that's your easy road trip or your easier. So you have to build confidence. I don't think they did that this year. They have to replace a lot of big pieces. It looked Jackson Arnold looked pretty good in their bowl game. So they have a brighter future, but in terms of this past year and building that confidence going to the failed. JP. JP might be frozen. <laughs> oh, was I? Sorry. No, I, 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 I was just so. waiting for you to say something. <laughs> yeah. I said JP. Uh, I, I went. I would fail here too because I, I think for the same reasons you guys did. I think they need to win at Kansas or they need to beat Oklahoma State. Uh, the, one of those two has to happen. Uh, I don't think you can call it a pass unless they win one of those and then lose in the Big 12 title to Texas. I, I don't know. I, it's a it's a team that I expected to be there, but I didn't think they were all that talented going into the year to start. I wasn't super high on them. I just thought with it being the big 12 in the situation and the um, hand they were given, I think they got to, th you got to win those games. So I'm going to go fail here. Rounded it out. Reese, you got four fails. We got another failure team here. I'll give them a pass. I mean, for what they were last year, five and seven with Venable in his first year to what they were this year, they took a step in the right direction. I think they didn't have expectation to go. Um, I mean, go be an, a college football team. They had that shot at the or the beginning of the year, but then, yeah, you do go lose to Oklahoma State, you lose to Kansas. Those are some bad losses, according to Oklahoma. But from what you're look, from what you were last year, I think they were much improved. Yeah, they lost a bunch of guys in the portal now. I think their entire offensive line is gone. Um, but if Venable's a coach that he is, he wants to be, he's gonna have to get some guys in there too. So I, I'll give him a pass. I like that point because you do have a team that did get beat by Texas 49 to nothing. That Red River rivalry said it the best I could. Uh, nice last year, 49 nothing, and then they win it this year. So that is a step. I will give you that, Reese. Good one. Okay, let's go to Georgia. Georgia, a team that a lot of people argued was still the best in college football and should have been in the playoff. JP, what do you got on Georgia? You giving them a pass? Give them a fail. Yeah, oh, pass here. It's a pass here for me. Uh, you go twelve and zero. You have a chance to punch your ticket, be the number one overall seed within the college football playoff. It's not necessarily your fault that only four get in, uh, and you landed in a year where there was a lot of really good teams around the country who deserved to be in. Uh, you people have made arguments that they were still the best team in the country. They still should be probably your national champion. But I'm going to go pass because breaking. Uh, the quarterback in, I'm blanking on names right now. Carson Beck. Carson Beck. Uh, Carson Beck. Yeah, you break Carson that Beck in the way you, you did, uh, how talented they got. They dealt with an, a Bowers injury. They dealt with a McConkey injury. The defense wasn't as elite as it's been in the trenches, and they still win 12. Um, you won all the games you should. You, and honestly, any test they got, they played the right hand and won those. So I'm going to go pass. Fair enough. Jake, down to you. 
Yeah, I mean, you just ran through your schedule. You beat every team you had to and beat them easily. Lost a tough game, and honestly, I think some injuries kept them away from getting to the college football playoff. It would have been an ace for me if they made three college football playoffs in a row, not even if they won a game. If they just made the playoff, it would have been an ace for me. It's a pass just for they did what they had to. I'm going to give them a pass as well. I do not think we gave them enough credit or the country gave them enough credit for teams that we didn't preseason think that were going to be tough games. But like when Missouri rolls in week nine and they're eight and one, that becomes a tough game that you didn't circle early in the year. And they handled the test with or they pass the test with flying colors. So I'm going to give Georgia a pass as well. I think in their fan base's mind, it might have been a fail considering they didn't make the playoff, but I don't think they're as greedy as most, and losing to Nick Saban will never get you a failing grade to me. Reese? Yeah, it's impossible to get them a fail. I mean, you only lose the one game, and it's the biggest game of their season. Uh, then you still go dismantle Florida State team, and they still have so many weapons. Um, and you mentioned they they handled a, a Missouri team that came to their place. They also handled a Ole Miss team that came to their place too. So they're not going anywhere. They get a pass for me. Love it. Okay, there is four passes for the Georgia Bulldogs. I think everybody expected that one, but let's go to the next team, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a team that found themselves in a weird situation and lost to Ohio State towards the beginning of the year and and didn't finish as strong as they had liked with Sam Hartman. JP, what did you give Notre Dame on the grading scale? I'm going to give them an ace here. Uh, I know you can look at the Louisville game and be like, ah, that's one you probably should have, but you're coming off – a really tough loss to at home against Ohio State in the last second. Then you go to Duke in an absolute grinder of one, and you eke it out on the road after what you dealt with last week. And then you go again on the road to Louisville, who was red hot at the time. Uh, I think Sam Hartman was good, kind of what we expected out of them. I think they are headed the right direction. Freeman is the right guy for the job. I'm going to give him an ace in this situation, 10-2, and two, or 9-3, and three, sorry, and then a bowl game win, as emphatic as it was over a team that was pretty much without the whole world. Uh, I still think this is an ace for Notre Dame. I didn't expect them to be playing for a uh, college ball playoff spot. I didn't expect them to be 11 and one. And so when you go nine and three on that hard of a schedule, it's an ace for me. Reese down to you. What do you got Notre Dame as? I mean, I listed them as one of the most disappointing teams of the year. So I want to lean fail, but it's, I think it's still a pass because you did play really well against Ohio state at home. That last second you lost. You went to Death Valley and Clemson. You only lost by a touchdown or uh, by eight, yeah. So, like, it's hard to say. You did get Sam Hartman. You did really well in the portal. They did well. So, to give them a fail, I think, is tough. I mean, that, I think in their eyes it was disappointing, but it was no way a failure, I would say, for them. Shafe. Yeah, it's a lower pass for me. I was disappointed in the Clemson game. If I had to pick one game off their schedule, that was a bad Sam Hartman game, and the Ohio State game was came down to one play, um, but they were right where everybody kind of thought. Um, but I don't know. They could. My expectations are kind of higher for them next year, especially with Riley Leonard coming in. I I want to see them get to ten wins in the regular season. I am going to be on the opposite side. I have them as a high fail, if that makes sense. I give them a D, not a D plus, not a D minus, a D, and they're not getting an F because you got to look at the teams that they lost to and and then who they lost to. I mean, they lost to a Louisville team who then follows up with a loss to Pitt. Are they that far behind? I mean, you, you lose at home to a bad Ohio State offense. Granted, it was a good defense, but that's not what Notre Dame expects. They play in an, they play an ACC schedule. We can be point blank period with that. It was a down year for the ACC. They should have taken advantage with it. 
They have Sam Hartman, the all-time passing leader at Wake Forest, one of the better throwing quarterbacks in college football. Audric Estime, a top running back in college football, and they just still can't get to that 10-win mark. I, I don't like it. I don't think – in, and I think Notre Dame fans would agree with me. I don't think that there was a good season. I think they lightly failed. They might say it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't up to their standard, so I'm going to give them a high fail, if that makes any sense. Let's jump to the last one. Wisconsin. Luke Fickle's first year for the Badgers. The Big Ten team, JP, so I'll go to you first. What did you think on Wisconsin, a team that was picked to win the conference that didn't even really compete towards the end for it? This is like the gap between fail and pass for me. Like It is reminding that little uh, part of it. I'd go like the lightest pass you could possibly pencil in, right? Uh, Because they did deal with a Mordecai injury, so you didn't have your quarterback in a scheme that was already changing the identity of a program that for 30-some years was run the football uh, be heavy in that uh, case, and they went to more. It wasn't necessarily an air raid, but it had tendencies around it. But you can't lose to Northwestern. You can't lose to Indiana. You can't lose uh, to an Iowa team in your own place. You can't – I don't know. I didn't think they were that good. I don't think the defense was as good as it's been. It's a the lightest, lightest, lightest pass, bordering fail for me for Wisconsin. I like it. I'm going to go D-plus on the Badgers this year. I will give them a pass. That's still passing. It's not something they would retake. But I just think Fickle needs more time. I think he show he's trying to transition an entire scheme, just like JP said, where you're turning an, an all-heavy run team who had an not only an injured Tanner Mordecai, but an injured Braylon Allen. He wasn't very healthy throughout the year. They got some good backup play from both positions, but not great. And it was a tough conference to really do anything in a really weird division to even compete in. So mm-hmm. if they're in the East, I don't even know if they win as many games as they did, but it's too early in the transition for me to say it was a complete failure. It was just a bad division. So give me a light pass as well, Jake. Literally, the only reason I'm giving them a pass is because of the first year and how different the transition was. It's literally the only reason this team should not have won or this team should not have only won six games in the West. Uh, just really, it was kind of inexcusable that they should have at least won mm-hmm. seven or eight games. Man, yeah, it's a C minus pass for me. It really is. And you guys kind of changed my mind because I was going failure, but you guys kind of turned me into changing it to pass. I love it. Reese, down to you. Round us out. Yeah, I echo what you guys are all saying. The the back-to-back losses to Indiana and Northwestern, I mean, if you're looking at the beginning of the year, those are some head scratchers. Some Northwestern trying to be better than they were going to be. But like you guys are saying, first year with Fickle, your new OC in Longo, you had the Mordecai injury. So it's just a lot of moving pieces with a lot to figure out in such a short amount of time. To give them a fail is tough. Those losses are weird, but they get a pass just because, like you guys are all saying, first year, they got some stuff to figure out. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's fair to say maybe this Wisconsin team you feel will bounce back like let's say better than a Miami, especially in the situation that they're in. But that's why you get them a higher grade than what we gave Miami. So it's kind of around that same range, but a little bit better. So that wraps up everything. Is there any grade quickly that shocked you for the group, JP? I don't. I don't know. I think I was kind of on par with everybody. I think saying Notre Dame failed is a lot. Because I, I guess I wasn't high out on to start the year. Hey, when you said that, when you so said like the I, ace, um, that's where I was confused too. You said the ace. That was like that's where my difference. But that's would be. that's what I thought they'd be. Like I don't, I don't think at Duke in that situation after playing Ohio State, and then you go to Clemson. I, I don't know. I thought they ran into a really tough schedule, like a r- really rough spot in the middle of the year, still dealing with a lot. 
And I can hear your side. I'm not saying I'm completely right on it, but like to me in the preseason, Notre Dame losing to first year Jeff Brom at Louisville was like so far and away above what I thought was possible. So I see both sides on that. Jake, what do you got? Any big surprises from the group? No, what would you guys give the uh what would you guys give the grade of the play the fight song podcast for their 2023 season? Pass. Absolutely. It was an absolute ace. I don't know what oh, ace. We put out some fire. I ace. I give it a pass. It'll be it'll be an ace. It'll be an ace when we we hit our flow on social like Twitter. I think yeah, uh, we're, I'm we're giving doing a, a good B job plus. on that. But I think I think we just need to figure out what exactly we want to be doing on it. And then I, as soon as we get to like some more interaction uh, and like streams and different things like that, then I, I'll bump it up. But I think this is I'd give it a high pass because I do think we hit a stride late. Uh, throughout the year where we really found our niche and what we wanted to do with this thing. So thank you for joining us. It was okay. Go ahead. Reese. Sorry. Whoa, whoa. I was gonna say, well, Reese's we started up the YouTube. We started up the YouTube this year. Shout out Parksy for that idea. And YouTube gained some traction yeah. too. So I like that's that fair. aspect of an ace for us because that's a new, new place fair. for the followers to get new content. Hey, so there we go. You guys know if we, if you give us an ace expectations are high for the 2024 season, they should be. <laughs> We're Alabama. Yep. We're, we should be. We're in Georgia. We're getting a they collective, baby. Our over-under win total is 11 episodes. No doubt we're having 11 elite episodes. That is absolutely no doubt. So we loved you being here. Thank you for joining us this season. We have a lot of stuff coming in the offseason, some good plans in the works. We're excited for them. Come along with us for the ride. Tell your friends about it. If they like college football, they like good fun, they like good people. Like, comment, in the right subscribe. You're in the right spot. Yes, do all those things. Hit the subscribe like, button. Subscribe. Two seconds. You don't ever have to watch another video again. If you really don't feel like it, just click the damn button. It's not that hard. Click the follow button on TikTok. Ring that bell. Facebook, Instagram, X, all that good stuff. JP, closing thoughts? Go Hawks. Hopefully we make it higher soon. Go time. It's getting ridiculous. This is getting ridiculous. All right. Let's go now to Shafe. Shafe, take us away. What? Up top, can't drop down. Tell the homies don't look around, it's just us now Got a plane, Jane, cost more than a bus down Let's be honest, shit I did on Ellen Bipolar syndrome kicking in, off what I'm in Helen What are you gonna do now? Ain't no telling Six foot on the money, I be six eleven Jumping at the three, man, it's now or never Never, never, going home, never, never What we did was off the record just had a deep thought in my cerebellum wrist Riding around, we gon' take the risk Acid tits on 84s, that shit hard to miss Cartiana told her I'ma need a fade to fit I'ma break the club, i and make the membership On a summer day, don't forget to bring the A's I'ma pull up where you stay, at my crib where you stay When we have no PDA MMA for the dogs, better days Up top, can't drop down Told the dogs don't look around, it's just us now Got a plane, Jane costs more than a bus down Up top, can you do that there? Out in L.A. when I do that there Sliding two phones, how you do that there? Who that there? That be young Scott and that new Adair Who Adair, pull up on a new LaFleur Young Lenny Kravitz, but with longer hair I'm still a boss, but without the bed MMA, better days and better years